Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Talking League. G'day guys, welcome to Talking League, the first live Q&A for 2023. I'm your host TK, we've got Jay Warrior and Shooter in the house, let's bring him in. Jay Warrior, how are you man? Yeah, good TK. Good to see your face, and another one from New Zealand, we've got Timmy, we've just recorded the New Zealand preview, so he was in scintillating form, but Timmy, welcome man. Cheers man, excited. All right, ladies and gentlemen, get your questions in, and we'll get. We'll probably stay for about half an hour for this first one. We've got a few different questions from social media also to answer tonight. But yeah, just shoot them on your comments, and we'll play them as we go during the show. But boys, got a few from social media. The first one's from Aaron Simpson. He wants to know best options currently under four hundred k shooter. Thoughts there? Uh, we got your obvious Warriors ones here. So you've got the Mighty Martin. Um, he's he's going to be a starter at six by all accounts, so I don't think you can go wrong having him there somewhere. And another one is Charles Nickel Kluckstad. He is also probably going to be your starting fullback. So if they're starting and they're under 400k and you just need someone to sort of fill a gap, they would be two good ones I would Pick up. Yeah, I like that too. I've got Raymond Smith, one of your countrymen as well, 372k. I'm keeping an eye on him. I think he's very, very undervalued. But Jay Warrior, going to you, Any uh, t- anyone tickling your fancy under 400k? I don't love a lot of players under 400k because if they're under 400k, I probably just want to start at the bottom of the pack and get them to make that money. At 400k, they're a little bit niggly, I find. So I don't think I've got one player over 300 but under 400 in my team so um yeah i'm probably not really in that bracket for you yeah nice i guess all the kind of cashies are going to kind of be in there before we move on who's the number one cashier you got in your mind i've probably got matt dory from all the reports i like just a player going to a better team 250k seems that he might take out that right edge spot as well so i'm looking at him but shooter who's your number one cashier at the moment I was actually going to say Matt Dory as well after listening to uh, Andy's analysis. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty keen on Dory, but maybe also lots of reports about Ray Stone getting lots of minutes. Yep. Um, so he could be a potential good one too. Nice. Now, Jay Warrior, who's your cashier on your mind? Oh, I've got I've got too many, I think, because I like to stack my team early with uh, guns, so it means I have a lot of cashies. Uh my cashier of the year, I'm calling it now, it might be a big call, uh, Howard from the Storm. I believe he's going to get a role at some stage and he is going to make the most money out of any player this season. That's my call. But um, Yeah, I've got players like Tanner Boyd, who I also think is going to make a couple hundred thousand if he can lock down that position. Yep. Um, so, yeah, there's some good ones. Tommy Talao, he's nice and attractive. Dual position. 
Nice. Well, ladies and gentlemen, get your questions in. I know a fair few of you are watching now, so get them in and we'll answer them over the next half an hour or so. Uh, we've got a few more. I know that Craig Tubby's he's put his question on there. We'll get to that in one second. Nathan Horan from Instagram. Now, how should your bench layout look like? Now, boys, for me, I'd want at least a couple of jewels in there, and I've got two in there at the moment. So I've got both Hopgood and Boyd on there at the moment. Just giving myself a little bit of versatility. Shooter, how's your team looking? Uh, yeah, so basically I just think you want people that can cover positions. Um, and so that jewel is always very handy. So I've, I've got this, uh, well, I've got Boyd on my, Tanner Boyd on my uh, bench. Um and I need to find someone else with a jewel. At the moment, I've got a couple of edges and a and a couple of mids, but they could be swapped out with the likes of uh, Hopgood and players like that. But yeah, I think I, I think you just need to be able to cover positions in case of late injuries and things like that. Yep, definitely, I think so. I, I might even carry Hammer. But Jay Warrior, in terms of a setup for your bench, what are you looking at like at the moment? Yeah. Uh... At this stage, I've got my goal of having every position covered with a jewel. So, but it does mean I have to take a risk when it comes to that mid edge. And uh, I've got the TPJ in there because of that versatility. Although, yeah, I'm going to need more photos with him with his shirt off to keep him in my team <laughs> because he's a he's a hard hard watch after last year. But then Tommy Talao covers centre, wing, fullback. And we're going to need that versatility when you start having buys. Yeah, definitely. Don't lie, mate. TPJ's picture is next to your bedroom table. All right, let's get in a few questions from... We've got a couple more from Instagram, but we'll get through some of your questions that you've put onto the comments already. Thank you for the people that have done that. I know plenty of people watching at the moment, so definitely get as many questions as you want. We've got another kind of 25 minutes or so, and we'll work through them now. (coughs) Craig Tubby, would you downgrade Carrigan for Sutton if you already have... Cotter and Elliot. Interesting question here, Tim. When you think about the strength of both Cotter and Elliot, would you go for three guns or would you take a punt on someone like Sutton who's just at 491k for the Bulldogs? It's kind of a hard question without seeing the rest of the team. But, um, like, because if you could carry Carrigan, Cotter and Elliot and still have, like, a fairly gun team, the rest of your team, uh, I think you're going to do pretty well. Mm. Uh, but uh, I see Craig's just put up if he gets good minutes. Yeah. Um, if, if Sutton gets good minutes, I think he's probably slightly underpriced. So he is a good uh, fantasy scorer from memory. And um, if it's going to help you fit a gun in somewhere else, well, why not? Because you've, you might you might get another keeper there. Yeah, me and Corbs talked about it this morning, Tim, about kind of it's very hard to predict this Bulldogs minutes at the moment because it's just mm-hmm. all over the place. So I think Sutton's going to need at least 50 minutes to be relevant, and it's just hard early to predict what it is. So it might be another one that, you know, we, we, me and you spoke about some of the Warriors layout. We probably need to see it in two or three games before we can actually make a, a good decision on it, man. Yeah, 100%. Now, Jay Warrior, just turning to your opinion on this one, does he go with the safety of the three guns, or does, that, does he take a punt with someone like Sutton? Yeah, you could even downgrade a little bit again, and we've got our players from the Panthers. I know I, I reviewed the Panthers this week, and so uh, we believe Garner's going to get some good minutes, and he's uh, a lot more reasonably priced at like four, about 470 mm. So that allows him to have more money to free up in other positions, 
and we believe that he's got a lot of value. He's going to make uh, maybe 150, 200K, but he's also going to earn the points at the same time. So, um, yeah, Sutton might get five or so more points than him, but he ain't isn't going to make that money. So, yeah, it's a win-win by getting a... Okay, next question. He's about, about 60K undervalued at the, mo- at the moment, so... Yeah, good shout-out. Now, Michael Francis, keep up the good work. Thank you, Michael, for tuning in tonight. Next question, John Smith. Is Jack Bird going to play 5'8"? Look, it's a, it's a big possibility, and that's probably where he probably would be least in my fancy. I'd love to see him play 13, but with the news today of J- Jaden Sullivan also getting injured and Amon's finally being stood down by the NRL as well. So they're down two sixes. So one of Embi or maybe Jack Bird might play in there. But, Tim, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, well, with with the two two uh, other sixes out, who else do they have really? And by um, I know I think Corbs mentioned that um, Bird possibly play that lock role, and then Fuimano play the edge. So who actually knows? Yeah, Jay Warrior, thoughts on that one? Two words: Charity Shield. We know they're going to put up their full strength team in that Charity Shield because they got the buy the first round. So. Uh, I think we'll get all we need to know out of that charity shield and that starting team will be pretty similar to their round two team. Yeah, I think the the bad thing about Jack Bird is he can just play well in every position. So it just seems that he's kind of a Band-Aid solution for so many things. So I'd love to pick him, but and I did last year and I got burned a little bit by the fact that the coach just used him in so many different positions. I'd love to see him just settle in the 13 for a little while there, boys. All right, our mate Kyle Lomas, latest news on Joseph Suolihi. Now, we reckon if he gets the centre, is he worth a look? Now, Tim, this is an interesting one because before we hit the air, I was having a little look at kind of Joseph Suolihi and he might be the guy that kind of breaks out this year and just having a look at his price he was high 400s 498k they're talking about him playing left edge outside of Luke Keary if he gets a duel for round one given the shortage of centres kind of at quality would he kind of burn your mind? Yeah because he's playing inside Jackson Paulo is that right? No no, he's playing with Tupo Mm. Um, yeah, well, imagine all the tries down that end side. Mate, it could be massive. But is, are you sure this isn't Kyle thinking Suyali is uh, just getting his debut? No, so there was a bit of uh, someone was watching the <laughs> – probably, yeah. Well, yeah, Perth's that far behind. Sorry, Tim, I didn't get your joke. But, yeah, there was a scrimmage today, so left edge apparently, so – yeah, no, I, I think if, if that's true and he's playing him and Tupo, imagine it. Mate, I like it. I might even lock him in. I'm just trying to figure out how to get him in because the thing is, Savage is 452k and I, I probably would prefer Suolihi. The only thing that does come to mind, though, is how many roosters can you take because they've got to buy in round four and we already have cheese in there and I'm thinking Sammy Walker too, so I might have to... Just chill out on that one for a while, but it is a good shout. I don't mind that one at all. Jay Warrior, your thoughts? Joseph Suolihi? Yeah, I ran with him a couple of times last year, and he does run a little hot and cold. So, um, tell you what, you'd want to be uh, – there'd be a lot of bombs put over to that side of the field, though, wouldn't there? You'd just be standing on one side and hoisting bombs in between Tupo and Suali. It could, uh, could get ugly if you're uh, – Imagine uh, Brian Toto having a take on those two. Yeah, true. 
Now we're down to his side as well, so that could be yeah something to look out for. How good's this guy, Dylan Musket? Forgot how good looking TK is. How good is this? What do you reckon, Tim? <laughs> yeah, I agree, mate. Oh, thank you, mate. You're such a. I thought he was one of your mates from the King's Cross. <laughs> Good people down there, mate. Let's take a couple of questions from Instagram. Keep loading your questions, ladies and gentlemen. But Clapper William, he wants to know Carrigan or Cotter. Take only one. Tim, thoughts? Uh, I don't know. You got a mullet? slightly cheap. What's that? You got a mullet? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Cotter. Cotter. I love Cotter, man. He's like one of my favourite players. There's a little in my just a little short story here, and in, in my uh, under nines rugby team that I coach, I got this little this little fellow called Madden, and um, he looked exactly like Cotter, and he is a beast as well. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I love them both, but I really love Cotter. But I think Kerrigan's slight quite a bit, well not quite a bit, but slightly cheaper, is he not? Yeah, he is seven sixteen versus seven forty four. Yeah, so it's not that much difference. I, I don't know. I, think, I reckon they're both. Yeah. Cotter could be like a, an absolute gun and get you like 60 points average. But I think Kerrigan's probably going to go the same as well. I don't think you're losing anything if you take one over the other. Mm. I'll put it that way. Because I think they're both going to average around that 55 mark, probably play around 60, 65 minutes each. Both have to play Queensland. So by round 13, you're getting him out of your team anyway. So I guess I think both of them will do you well. But bringing Jay Warrior into it, if you had a pick between Cotter and Carrigan, only one, who would you do? I like your guys' analysis. Carrigan's got the toughest start, but in saying that, he lives off base stats as well. So I'm probably leaning towards Carrigan. And uh, just that picture of him yesterday, man, he is looking good. (laughs) (laughs) You're in love. All right, another question. Let's get one from the last one from Instagram, William Fanshaw. Now, he wants our thoughts. He wanted thoughts on David Fafita, Mo Fotowaker, and Tino. But let's just start with one. Let's talk about the big man, David Fafita. Jay Warrior, your thoughts? Have you had a little look? I have, and I'd just like to see a little bit of consistency from... Fafita, he gets a lot of his points from big plays, so taking on the short side, beating three guys, scoring a try, and that's a hard watch when you're sitting on eight points 30 minutes into the game. Mm. I like my players to rack up their points at a steady pace, and then if they jag a try, happy days. So for me, I just think there's more consistent performers, and so for that reason... Uh, plus, we're already going to have Tanner. I'm having Tanner Boyd on my side. I don't want too many Titans in my team. Yeah. Shoot-ups, turning over to you, I guess. The narrative is he's in the contract year, right? So he's going to probably play the best footy of his career. But given his price and some of the cheaper guys we have in there, for me, he's probably going to be a void for the round one. But I still got him in my sides. <clears throat> yeah, I think he's probably in a void for round one. But like last year... He supposedly had a bad year and still averaged uh, 52.4. Um, so if that's a bad year, well, I'll take it. But um, him and Tanner Boyd are, are best mates apparently as well. Yeah, so school. that's going to be going to be an interesting uh, combination there. That you could see some fireworks there, and uh, might be a good little good pair up that we talked about last year with the, having your little pairs of players and things like that. Yeah, that's a good shout, especially with Dylan Brown and Sean Lane doing so well. Last year, Tim, I'll keep you on. Now, 
Marky Jessup, he wants to know, how do you rate my love interest, Sean Johnson? You guys might be in a bit of a collision course because you love him as well. Now, what are your thoughts on Marky's Sean Johnson love interest? Shout out to Marky. Mark needs to stay away. <laughs> from uh, yeah, I'm 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 with I saw I saw Mark's analysis and I am actually quite in agreement with Mark uh, on the Warriors pod. You'll hear it, but um, I, I think Sean Johnson's in for a big year. Tamari and and Chance aren't going to do much kicking and aren't going to control that spine like SJ is. And if you saw that picture that uh, Jazz put up of Sean Johnson the other day, you know he's in for a career year. Mm. It's good to see him buying in and hopefully he does have one last good season because we know what relevance he does have in his game, even both versions that we've seen, both the you know the touch football version and then the guy that he played at the Sharks two years ago as well when he controlled the team and did it very, very well. So it's definitely someone to keep an eye on, definitely in the preseason. All right, let's get a few more questions. Let's go to Ricky Barrett. Now, let's get his question in there. Is four or five guns to start across positions too few? Any recommended number of guns to start with? All right, boys, let's break this down because we've got six positions. You know, the old strategy back in the day used to be at least have one gun per position. I guess centers mm-hmm. probably haven't been as valuable, so you can kind of take that position out about needing a gun. So we've got five other positions there. Like, sorry, one, two, three, yeah, five other positions there. So... For me, I don't think five. I think five guns can fill it because if I'm just looking at my team now, I've got well, I don't know if you can consider Cheese a gun, but Cotter, Carrigan, Nico Hines. I've got Sam Walker over 600k, and then Cheese right on that area with Elliot Adam Elliott also at 600k, and then Reese Walsh just below that. So I'm kind of probably carrying close to six guns. Tim and your team at the moment, how many guns would you say you have? Mine's pretty similar to yours. So I've got Cotter, Carrigan. Uh, Cheese, Nico Hines, Jackson Hastings, mm. uh, uh, Rishi Walsh at the moment. Um, I, I think you just like where you want those guns is in those high scoring, like those most likely to score really good. You want guns because otherwise, if you don't have the guns here, you're going to miss out and you're just going to get too far behind. Too far behind. Yeah, you need some certainty around it. But, Jay Warrior, bringing you in, mate, how many guns currently in your team and what's your thoughts on kind of the starting team? Yeah, I don't even like the word guns per se. It's players that I'd hope to hold for as long as possible in my season. Yeah. So I've I've actually put Cook in my team to start the season, and this is perhaps a hangover from last year where that was the – Pivotal factor at the start of the year last year. I just got slammed and lost so many points. So I've got him and Hines, and for me, that means I've got a guaranteed two captaincy options Mm. uh, as a buy relatively early, so Cook will take over. And then I've probably got four players between uh, 580,000 and 620,000. So I've got Elliot, Cheese, Pangai Jr. And I've, I'm, yeah, this one could change, but I've got Jack Bird in my team at this stage. Okay. And that's because I added up how many trades we make in the position of centre every year, and it's my most traded position. Mm. And if I can cut down the amount of trades I have in a position, then it means I'll have less headaches. And centres, centre roulette every year, and. I'm I'm happy this year if I could just 
lock and one centre for the season. Yeah, I like it. All right, moving on. We've got another question. It's a really good one, actually. Dylan Musket, thoughts on Trent Liero as an early pod, sitting at 389k. Should I want to talk to you about him? Now, I'm just having a look at his stats now. He's he started four games on the second row. He's got an average of 45 across 76 minutes, but it's an interesting one there because the recruitment of what they've done. So, you know, they lost their two big major guys in, what, uh, Bromwich and Kafusi. But they did externally recruit, and they recruited three of them in Tarek Sims, Katoa, and then also Joe Chan, who played a full season of first grade for the Catlins over in the Super League. So they've got plenty of options there, but what's your thoughts kind of at the moment where Trent Lioro kind of lies in that pecking order? Yeah, like you say, they've, they've bought from outside, so you have to, you'd have to think, like, do they rate him as a starting edge or, or middle. Mm. Um, I, I don't know yet. You have to, you're going to have to wait and see. If, if he gets a start, like I was just looking at his scores like off the bench. Some of the scores he scored are massive um, off the bench. Um, I, would, I wouldn't touch him till I knew what, what his minutes looked like, though. Yeah, because he's that prototype guy, right? Because he can play mid-duel. He, he's like so versatile that he played so well during the middle. He might just be in that rotation that just he did such a good job, so why move him from there? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, and they've got, like you say, they got Sims, Kartoa, um, Asofa Solomona. He's been playing on the uh, on the edge at the end of last season and played there a lot for the Kiwis in the World Cup. Mm. Uh, what are they going to use him on the edge now? I don't like. I don't know. Yeah, interesting one. All right, moving on. John Smith, if Jack Bird plays 5'8", who takes his spot in the forwards? Now, Jay Warrior, this is quite interesting because, you know, Riley's been covering Tyrell, Fayum and Ono. They brought him up in the live the other day, and there's a few little cashies. You know, Ben Murdoch, Masilla's just joined them as well. Who would be, just off the top of your head, if Jack Bird moves out of the 13, would it maybe be a case where they play Jack DeBellin maybe at 13, or maybe one of the young guys get a crack? I think if Jack DeBellin's had a full preseason this year, I think he'll get uh, the 13 spot. But I think they, the other option is that they play Fuimuano on an edge that then opens up uh, an edge for Fuimuano. Yeah. And he, he wouldn't play 80. He's probably going to play 50. And then it either opens it up for Murdoch Masilla to join the rotation. I can't see uh, him getting more than 30 minutes, though. He's... Yeah, he, he was slowing down last season. He, he wouldn't have got any quicker. Um, so, and I don't know, yeah, they've got a lot of those weak forwards that they've sort of held on to, Jackson Ford and the like. So Yeah, so what I hate about kind of their round one buy is the, the problem going into Charity Shield is they're probably likely to get pumped by Souths. So how does that kind of, you know, then they have a week off. So, like, it's really hard to get a gauge if they do lose badly to Souths in that preseason, who's going to line up? Like, that's that's the only, only dilemma, and that's the only reason why I probably would only go maybe Tyrell Sloan. Even Sloan's no certainty start at fullback. Like, the coach, he had plenty of issues with him last year. But, Tim, what's your thoughts? Kind of, that's my only dilemma. Is there anything else that I'm missing? No, nah, like, the Dragons, in all honesty, are a mess. Their recruitment's been pretty average. Um, Tyrell seems like the best bet to take his spot in the forwards, but 
who actually knows. Yeah, true. All right, let's keep moving. Now, Shooter, thoughts on Tevita Totola for the Bunnies. Trying to leave some cash in the kitty, but showed plenty of promise at the end of last year, mate. And I guess, again, with a few people leaving, Mark Nichols is out. So will he assume a bit more of a leadership role? He's definitely in the sights of Brad Fittler as well as uh, in a New South Wales jersey. So he's not. He's food for thoughts, but probably a little bit too high to start the season there, man. Yeah, he's a bit expensive. He, uh, he did have a really good season last year, averaged forty three point nine, um, but had some some pretty good scores in there. Uh, like he's one to keep an eye on if his price drops a little bit. I'd be pretty keen on him. Yeah, just um, he'd probably be a nice nice little s- pod. But at the moment, I think he's too expensive. Tim, just at the stats page now, round eighteen he scored eighty two, nineteen twenty seven, twenty in round twenty he scored seventy seven, twenty one fifty eight, twenty two forty seven. Round 23, he scored 43. Round 24, he scored 46 and finished with a 55 in the last round. So not yeah. a bad one. He, he did play extended minutes across those games, though, because I think they got a little bit short in the mids. But someone to keep an eye on, I'd definitely have a look at him in draft, but just maybe, like you said, Tim, a little bit too expensive there for Classic for round one. Yeah. Like, keep, definitely keep an eye on him. Like, you look at that score of 77. Uh, that was in 46 minutes, that 47 and 44 minutes. Against the Warriors in round 10, 64 and 64 minutes. Like, there is a. You're kind of getting me interested now. Yeah. Jay Warrior? In games where he played over 50 minutes, he averaged 54.4. And in his last three games, he played 57, 57, and 67 minutes. So it shows that the coach has seen something to give him extra minutes. And when he's had those extra minutes, He's done the bizzo, um, and it's his run meters that are quite high. You know, he's getting 15 points in run meters. His base points are 50-plus in base points, and then he gets a couple in deductions and then a couple in uh, attacking stats. I hadn't – he was not on my radar. He's owned by 0.06 uh, people, mm. and – this could be a sneaky uh, mid to keep an eye on. So, yeah, good find. Yeah, definitely. No, no, no Mark Nichols at the Bunnies now. Yep. Who, who are going to be their mids? Tom Burgess. Yeah, they've got the young, young bloke Moale. And, Moale. and probably Joy Arrow will play a little bit there as well. So Moale's not very big minutes, so... Uh. Totola has definitely got me interested now. Definitely. Good question there. Now, next question, Dan Dimitrescu. He joined us on Monday on the Team Doctor, so if you haven't yet, have a look at that. Team Doctor every Monday night as well. Hey, boys, hope you're doing well. Changed much of the Boyd and got Ilias on the bench. Yeah, I think that's a really good move. I know a few people don't think there's much value in Ilias. I actually think there is. I think he'll go from strength to strength this year. Won't be a huge score. I can see him averaging at 40, though. So just keep on the lookout for that one. Next question, Craig Tubby. Just one more. What's your guys' thoughts on Dom Young? Yeah, boys, with Dom Young, like I do see him continue. He's a contract year, and they're shopping him, so he wants to impress. But I think the biggest thing for me is how many nights can we actually carry in this team? You know... I'm already thinking about Jackson Hastings. Most of us are locking in Adam Elliott. And you're probably going to get a mix once Lockie Miller gets confirmed. Kalen Ponga. So there's a few like definite like guys that you're looking at there. Dom Young, for me, would be at the bottom of that list. Shooter? What, what's um, Dom Young's price? Do you know? I'm just yeah, it's look. 400 and something. 474, mate. Yeah. Well, he's probably going to get cheaper, to be fair. I really like him as a winger, being a being a Manu Vatu, vice uh, president of 
this fan club. I like a big <laughs> winger. Um, so I really like Dom Young. He's a really good player, but I, I probably wouldn't be thinking about him for fantasy just yet. Yeah. He's probably going to drop money in that poor Knights team. Yeah. All right, boys, let's do a few more questions before we take off. Next question is from Siliu. Solomon, thoughts on Xavier Savage? I had a little look at him today. He's currently in my team at 452K, and that's not just because he's looking hot in his photos. But, Jay Warrior, have you had a little look at Xavier Savage in the preseason? Yeah. I know you, you're quite hot on him, but he's a similar player to Sloan, and I don't want to have two of those players mm. where you're thinking – because uh, I had Xavier Savage last year, and he went all right, but he is a little uh, boom or bust. So he gets big points uh, in certain runs, but he doesn't have a lot of base. He hasn't got a great work rate either. If you think of someone like Chance Nickel Clockstud, you can guarantee he'll run for 200 metres every week. And so there's 20 base points. Uh, Xavier Savage is, yeah, he's just a little boom or bust for me. And I... I'm trying to limit the amount of players like that. We're still young. Yeah, growing into his body. You know, he's not a huge ball player. Has a good support game. His try-scoring strike rate's not overly huge. Has plenty of, you know, his base isn't great either. But we know the quality X-factor that he's got in his game. Currently only really, really cheap at that mid-400. So not a bad shout. I just think that he still needs a little bit more improvement before when you think Lockie Miller's going to start Something like 30k under. I think we've already seen more fantasy relevance there from a, from a Lockie Miller than Xavier Savage there at this stage. All right, Timmy, let's move on. Let's get Jason Vickery now. He His thoughts on both Franklin Palais and TPJ destroying the Sharks. What's your thoughts on the big man? Because Palais is an absolute monster, mate. Yeah, he looks like a beast. I was gutted he didn't get much footy last year because was it in that trial he did that? Huge, like, Pagliacina hit up and, like, ran through half the team. And it was like playing, like a 14 year old playing under eights or something. <laughs> I'm pretty keen on TPJ this year as well. If, if he if he can um, not get, like, four interchanges, I reckon he will be going all guns. He looks fit as. Mate, it's a good shout because when you think his break even's 41, that's, that's close to a TPJ, like, close to his floor. Like, his upside is, yeah. is a lot, and you think about that dual status in a 27-round season, probably won't play Origin. Looks in an improving Bulldogs team. They, You know, last time they he probably played his best football was when he did that little stint at Penrith, and I'm sure that Cameron Sorolda had a lot to do with that. So, not a bad shout there, Timmy. It looks like he's got a chip on his shoulder as well, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Jason's just having a bit of a blow-up. Are you avoiding my question? Take care. No, Jace, just because you're the second-best fantasy player in your family. It's all good, mate. All right, next question. Jason again. Robson as the main hooker with cheese on the bench. I don't mind. There's plenty of people looking at Robson. Now, Jay Warrior, what's your thoughts? Because the only concern I've got about Robson, even though that he's a very, very good player, is he scored a lot of tries last year. And I'm just not sure back-to-back whether he can do it again. But we do know that he'll be playing big minutes, great defensive workload, and he does have a great running game. Yeah, I think you make some really valid points there, TK. And it, it's almost like second season syndrome. The, sh- the Cowboys are going to be a lot better scouted this year. They're not going to be a surprise when everyone's like, where's this game plan come from? Mm. They're going to have 
a lot better strategies against them. And I think this, in turn, will affect someone like Robson. But I'm not against getting a gun player that has got solid um, base. And because he's a running halfback, uh, running hooker, then I always like a running hooker, and that's why I've gone for Cook at this stage. Mm. No, it's a good shout. I've got a couple of questions just to finish off here, boys. Let's go to this is an interesting one from Silo I. Hopefully, Shiloh. Shiloh, sorry. Do you know Shiloh? Sorry, no, just sorry, a burning here sorry. name, Shiloh. What do you guys think of Adam Dewey? Why don't we stick with you, Tim? It's an interesting one because at training at the moment, they're talking about Isaiah Papali'i moving to the left for Luke Brooks, which will leave. We don't know who his right edge partner is going to be. Probably one of either John Bateman or Sean Bloor. But for me, I would probably prefer him playing with Papali'i here. What's your thoughts? He's playing in the centres, isn't he? Well, it's just. I think that was just a rumour of how they were just just going because scrimmage, they change from time to time. You'd have to expect that no, the way he's going to play in the six. Yeah. Yeah, you'd hope so. I think he's just like awesome. I think I like he would he if he's born in the wrong era because he would be a potential New South Wales candidate probably. But because he's such a gun, like I reckon bunnies must be kicking themselves that they they let him go. But where does he fit there? Um, Going off track, yeah, like I really like him. He's a good scorer in fantasy. Um, I know my brother-in-law Jonty; he's huge on him and always always a big talk up of uh, Adam. So yeah, I like him. Are you concerned that they're trying to get Brooks back into the seven and create the team around him? Because we did see Adam Dewey take a huge role when Brooks got injured at last year, outperform because he was literally doing everything from kicking to running to running the team. I guess maybe he just falls away from that. Jay Warrior, I'll go to you. Your thoughts on kind of maybe Dwayne not backing up kind of what he did at the end of last year? Probably disagree. I think he's going to go good because uh, the team's only got better and it means he's going to have guys that can uh, push forward. Those The Ford pack looks decent this year, so he's going to be getting front football and halfbacks only look better when they're running on the front football and then he's going to have... A, couple of backs that actually might know what a try line looks like. So I can see him going good, actually. Nice. I like it. All right. We'll do a couple more. Marcus Lobo, Wolfie. Now his centers are a concern. Remus coming back from an injury. He's got a narrative. Jared Croker to have a massive year. Yeah, best of luck to Jared, friend of the show. So hopefully he does kill it. All right. Last one for the night, boys. Eddie Ueli. Now your thoughts on Dolphins players. Think about the Dolphins players who are kind of relevant at the moment. I do like Mark Nichols at the moment, boys, and I guess Ray Stone will probably be in there considering his price. We've got the hammer. Timmy, are we missing anyone else? Anyone else tickling your fancy from the Dolphins? Uh, do you know who is often missed is Sean O'Sullivan. Yes. He is a very good fantasy scorer. I'm just trying to get his stats up. Um, I, I think he's been underlooked, eh, like, I can't find his price. My computer's playing up. But um, he could be a potential pod. 7-19. Well. I'm pretty sure he scored well at the Warriors. He scored really well when he played last year for Penrith. Um, I think he is a potential. Okay. Jay Warrior, just turning to you. Any other Dolphins on your mind that I haven't mentioned? Maybe the MILF? Does it, you see any bounce back from the MILF? <laughs> no. Um yeah, I've got Ray Stone only because he's bargain basement. 
But I've got a pretty strong rule for the Dolphins. Put them all on a three-date rule. Like, That's fair. You know, you don't know their structure. You don't know how they're going to line up. You don't know how old those legs that they've got are. I just, they disgust me and I'm going to steer clear of them. Yeah, I think that's a good way to end. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining in for the first live Q&A. We'll do the next two at the same time of 7.30 Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. After that, Jake is going to take over and we'll run it more on a Queensland basis, so we'll start an hour later. But be on the lookout for more team previews. We're about halfway through. Friday, we're going to have Souths with Robbo. And on Saturday, we'll continue to do Around the Traps. But, Tim, thank you for your thoughts tonight, man. I really appreciate you jumping on the Q&A. Cheers, man. That was awesome. And, Jay Warrior, you love the Q&A, mate. So great to have your thoughts on that as well, man. And looking forward to bringing out your Penrith preview in the next week or so. No, it's good. It's it's awesome to see so many people engaged and looking forward to the season because I think we love the banter at this time of year. Once the pedal hit, hits the metal and we've got our team, sometimes we can't fix some of the problems. So now we can just uh, make up narratives, come up with plans, change our teams. We've got unlimited trade, so it's a fun time of year. Definitely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and we'll check you next time.